0: Welcome to the Proclaim podcast, where we sit down with missionary disciples and talk all things around sharing Jesus with others.
1: Hello and welcome to the Proclaim podcast. I'm Eric Chow, the director for Proclaim, and I have two special guests joining me. On my right is Ed Zadix, the National Catholic Director for Alpha in the Catholic Context I just, wanted to say, I just wanted to say Catholic <laughs> as many times as possible and, and, and draw out your title. Ed is a good friend so and important. a collaborator in the mission here in the Archdiocese of Vancouver and is doing wonderful work with Alpha across Canada. And to my left, Eric Myatt with Divine Renovation. You also are Catholic <laughs> Director <laughs> of Canada. You've got, a, you've got a title as well, but you work with Divine Renovation. What is your title, by the way?
2: Catholic, uh, director of Catholic Divine <laughs> Renovation <laughs> <laughs> in, in Canada. You can we love in Canada. Catholic. in Catholic Canada. In Catholic Canada. This is such a religious Canada. podcast already. There you go.
1: Eric is also a parishioner, on a personal note, a parishioner at St. Benedict, which is the, the parish where Divine Renovation found its, its roots, where Father mm-hmm. James Mallon uh, spent... Time honing in and letting the Holy Spirit move him and the the people around him to to launch what we now know as divine renovation, which is doing a lot of great work uh, around the world uh, in in the space of parish renewal and evangelization. So we're going to have a conversation today around the seven best practices of Alpha. Uh, if you've run Alpha before, you may be familiar with it, but uh, but we've we've come across a number of uh, teams that have been s- Fruitful in Alpha, but and still yet haven't heard of these seven best practices, and they've been quite grateful to hear them because it's given them a platform to just look at how they're running their alphas and how they can be even more fruitful and more impactful with the Alpha course that that they're using in their parish. So I'm gonna I'm gonna list them out for us to to see right away, and then we're gonna get into a conversation and break down how the, each of these. Practices are, in fact, practiced uh, in in reality, and we're going to share some thoughts, principles, examples, and stories of these practices.
2: So, maybe if anybody who's new to Alpha, we could just mention what, what it is. It's a it's an eleven week uh, interactive sessions, really outlining um, the Christian faith in a clear and simple way. It's, it gives people a chance to ask questions about life and. It's over a meal. There's a discussion. There's a great video presentation on a different aspect of of faith and of life, and it's a great means through which people can come to know who Jesus is, is, what he's done, and it's a tool used by... um, 5,000 parishes around the world. Yeah, so lots of people have used it. So uh, so yeah, if you haven't used it or if you haven't heard of it, if that uh, was instructive in terms of explanation, yeah, look up Alpha. They have amazing resources. Um, for people to use the the tool and to to participate in this uh, this great evangelization effort through Alpha. And and Eric, as you say, so about 250 parishes
0: in Canada use Alpha regularly. Almost 700 parishes, pardon me, 700
1: alphas are running in a Catholic context every year in Canada.
2: Hmm.
1: Amazing. We're going to get into the seven best practices. I'm going to list them out and then we're going to just jump right into them. So practice number one is prayer. The second is evangelistically positioned. Number three is team training. Four, hospitality. Five, the alpha talks. And we'll break down what all of these mean. Uh, the next practice is open discussion. And then the last practice is the time away. Yeah, so. Perfect. Uh, that's just to give a little bit of a context to where we're going to go with these seven breast practices. So let's break down uh, each of these practices. We're going to start with prayer. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, I think it's it's pretty clear to you and to all of us that prayer is an important part of any ministry work that we're doing in any part of the, of the activity in the life of the church. We need prayer. But what does good prayer for Alpha look like? Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: well we we say if you're going to focus on one of the seven we want you to focus on all seven but focus on prayer and we think yeah uh, we we pray in our parish but what does prayer at alpha look like as soon as you have a date for your alpha build a team that's praying daily for alpha build it into your your prayers of faithful at every mass make sure your leadership team for alpha is praying for alpha And every Alpha session with the volunteer team should include prayer before, during, and at the end of the conclusion of Alpha every single night. So Alpha just becomes a part of the DNA. Everything's based on and built on prayer around Alpha.
2: And this gets into it a bit later as well, but prayer is such an integral part of the invitation process because what we encourage people to do is think about people that you could invite to this next Alpha, pray for them, and then invite them in just a, a very simple, straightforward way. Invite them to just uh, try one. I'm getting into the invitation one next, but but to pray for them ahead of time so the Holy Spirit is already active and working in the, the lives of those people that you want to invite. Yeah, I want to share something. <coughs> it, it's just the
0: heart of everything we do, and as we've run now, probably, Eric, I'll mention, 35, 45 um, alphas at Christ the Redeemer. Um, I've been involved in, I think, 35 of them the more we pray, the more fruitful the Alphas seem to be. Mm. And this is a way to, right from the beginning, get people and parishioners engaged. Uh, you know, one of the ideas I've got, we've got people that we bring the Eucharist to in care homes, we can invite them to be part of our intercessory prayer teams mm. for the Alpha that's about to start. Uh, we've got a parishioner and one of our first Alphas coined this phrase, let's let's get to the Holy Huddle, former professional football player. So. We always huddle and pray before, and we huddle and pray at the end, but mm. prayer drives everything.
2: Yeah, and we, we've we had at St. Benedict, our team uh, up in the chapel, the the engine room, uh, it's called, of our evangelistic work. And oftentimes during Alpha, there's teams in the chapel interceding and praying for all the guests, uh, even during the Alpha. So to, to prepare for that ahead of time, one of the great, of the seven steps of uh so Eric you're,
1: you're saying that your alpha team recruits like an intercessory team and their their primary role or their sole role is is to be in the in the space on on the parish grounds on the campus and to pray over the alpha during the alpha.
2: Yeah, yeah we have a team in the in the chapel during during the session. Yeah, that's yeah.
1: incredible. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well we're gonna blitz through all of these seven best practices. Uh, I think one thing that I, I'll invite you to consider when you're when you're operating and planning your alpha is to expand how y- your team and others can engage in praying for alpha, praying for the guests, praying for the future guests, praying for all of the invitations. We have to cover alpha in prayer. Mm. Okay. Yeah, well said. Yeah. So the second best practice is evangelistically positioned. So evangelization is kind of a you know buzzword it's a keyword it 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 really speaks of you know our 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 role in uh, as Christians to go out and to proclaim the good news but what does it mean to for an alpha to be evangelistically positioned And maybe I'll throw in a second question which is what does it mean for an alpha to not be evangelistically Mm -hmm. positioned so what's what's the contrast there
0: yeah let, let me change the word evangelization for a second to invitation so how does Alpha work? We know that, I mean, Alpha has been running for 30 some odd years uh, around the world. 30 million people have done Alpha. Those people generally were invited by somebody. Um, and I think the number we use, is somewhere between 82 and 84%. 82% of people that come to Alpha came because somebody personally invited them. So it's mm-hmm. Eric Myatt, you say to Ed Zags, hey, buddy, um, you know we're running Alpha in our parish. Will you come? You're a good friend of mine. You just got to come, come and see. So invitation is really also one of the key elements of Alpha. We say prayer is the first and the second one. Invite your friends, invite your neighbors, your coworkers, you know, your family who's left the church. Just invite them to come and see.
2: Yeah, at the parish we talk about building a culture of invitation. When we coach into that in Divine Innovation, how do we make inviting normal? How do uh, most people in the parish feel excited and almost uh, expected in a way to invite other people to come? And there's ways to move that culture in your parish towards being more invitational. You celebrate when somebody invites, not just the result of their invitation, whether a person comes or not, but the win, and this is what we coach into and invite people to normalize, the win is the invitation god deals with the response to the invitation but we're encouraging parishioners and the alpha team just to invite in, yeah. in a simple way invite somebody to come make that a normal part of of uh, the life of your parish it becomes quote-unquote cultural that this is the way we do things around here yeah we invite people to alpha and that's how we roll yeah, it's, uh, I notice in your parish as well,
0: as part of your game plan, at regular points, you're talking about the game plan. And who have you invited into faith studies or who have you invited to an Alpha? It's part of the core of what happens at St. Benedict. And you mentioned something else too, Eric, that's so cool. If you invite 10 people to Alpha and zero people come to alpha you've i say you've evangelized 10 people because you shared of your heart and you've invited them into a faith conversation if you invite 10 and 10 come great but if you invited 10 and one or zero come invite them again
2: yeah you're planting exactly yeah. you're planting seeds it's yeah. uh, just the act of in inviting does something the lord can use it to um, yeah work on that that person so as you say in the future perhaps they'll respond uh, with a yes but our role it's just to invite, and we leave the results to God.
1: So then, what, what would an Alpha look like that isn't evangelistically positioned? Because if you're not inviting anyone to Alpha, are you not running Alpha for nobody, <laughs> or are like, uh, do you know what I mean? Like, if 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 you're not making the invitation, uh, can it still be? Can you still end up running an Alpha that isn't evangelistically positioned?
0: I, I think if you don't invite people, you could run the risk of no one shows up for that alpha. So, for some reason, people are coming. Let, let, me, let me add something different as well. So, in my travels across Canada, we hear about parishes. Oh, we ran alpha 10 years ago, and, and we didn't baptize 10 new Catholics. We ran, we ran one time. The heart of alpha is to make a commitment to invitation and prayer, and you will see fruits. Of Alpha, you'll see the parish change. You'll raise up leaders. Uh, you will probably baptize and confirm new Catholics far away from our faith. So, I mean, Eric, invitation is the heart of everything we do. And with love, when we're inviting people to Alpha with love, and they turn us down one time, you can invite them again as long as it's as long as we're reaching their heart and inviting them with love. But invitation is the heart of Alpha. And I think, as Eric might had said, you know. It's a gift to invite, whether they come or not. And if they don't come this one, maybe the Holy Spirit is preparing them to come to the next one.
2: And and I guess if this ingredient or or one of the seven um, principles isn't present, it would be really easy for your Alpha, for your parish to become insular, uh, self-referential, internally focused, right? So if we rely on like an announcement uh, after Mass or, or in the bulletin or whatever, you're only going to get a certain amount of people that do all the same things. They, they come to everything. They're going to come to anything you run. That's why Alpha as a program is is fine. But Alpha as a culture changing tool for your parish in this specific area, other areas too. But in invitation, that's how it's so powerful is actually normalizes people inviting others to come. Yeah,
0: Eric, can, can I say <coughs> if you want a great resource, go to the Alpha Canada website and Catholic. Just Google Alpha Canada Catholic, and one of the first videos will pop up, and you both know this. You've seen this many times. It finishes with a line by Father James Mallon, when people ch- change, the church will change. So we know that mm. the heart of this is uh, when, we, when we're when we running Alpha in a parish, we start oftentimes with parishioners, but Father James Mallon, you know, the founder uh, of Divine Renovation, always says, Think of the church of five years down the road, a church full of, fr- uh, of strangers that we're inviting into hospitality, into faith conversations, using Alpha as that doorway in. So think of you know, your Alphas being this, this place you can invite people to, and they'll be looked after, cared for, and loved. Uh, and hopefully we're, we're, we're making more Catholics hmm. at the end of the day, you know, guided by the
1: Holy Spirit. Okay. Let's go to team training. So, for those who are new to Alpha, what is team training, and why is it one of the seven best practices? Yeah, can I jump in? Go ahead. Yeah,
0: we we say always run training. So Saint Benedict, who we say we look to as a bit of a, a gold standard, they run great Alpha. Saint Patrick's, Eric Chow, your, your parish as well. Christ the Redeemer, we run we run training sessions all the time, even though we've run scads, you know, multiples of Alpha. Because there's always questions that come from new volunteers. And the beautiful thing about training, it always raises the bar and keeps the standard high. So you always want to run training because it, 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 it elevates the conversation. And there's always new people with new questions. Training also bonds the team together. So the normal training at an Alpha, uh, as soon as you register an Alpha, the schedule will be mapped out for you. And the training is always about two weeks before You know, it's a, I think I've done it so many times. I think it's a a 30 or a 25 minute video called Alpha Essentials. It's Mm -hmm. great. And then there's another one on small, on small table discussions. It's, it's 25 or 30 minutes long. So always run training. Uh, It's a beautiful thing about Alpha. There's a formula, there's a practice. Um, It's, it's, it's smartly done, but it takes the guesswork out and it keeps the bar high and it makes it easier for you to implement within your parish. So that's, that's. A bit of training.
2: Yeah, I, absolutely. We, we always say that everybody takes the training every single time because the temptation is if you've been on team before, oh, I don't need to go to the training. I've already done that, but I love how you said that. And it raises the leadership bar of a person on team every single time that they participate in the training. It cements that the current team. So if people who have been on team before don't come. It, it lessens the experience for new people who are on team because they don't have that sense of community. We're in this together, we're all doing this. They're meeting other p- members of the team on the first one if they don't come to the training. And it also, I'd say, um, prevents drift. Mm. So I've been part of Alpha's uh, at other parishes where the, the dayway doesn't look like I know Alpha's designed to look like. Mm. And so that's happened because I think perhaps the training was neglected. There's easily um, an introduction to other ways of doing things or people's preferences or whatever. So it really prevents a drift away from the intention and the the recipe of how to run a great alpha.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's it's so important because it, it sets the standard. It keeps the bar high and everybody can focus on the seven of the best practices. Because you're right, that's a great point, Eric, is You know, if you're running all the time, but you're forgetting to train regularly, you could lose one of those, you know, you call it drip. You could lose one of those best practices. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you could forget to focus on prayer. You could, you know, maybe invite a little bit. But I love kind of the model when you and I uh, speak about divine renovation. The more volunteers you have as part of your team, the more people are well trained, the more guests you will have at your Alpha. And I think the model that we talk about, you and I, is for every volunteer, you'll probably get about four guests. When you train, part of the training is to launch them to invite their friends and family. So when you run training well, you're launching inviters to your alpha, you're going to get more guests. The bigger, the better trained your team is, the better and more guests you're going to have at your alpha on a regular basis. It'll continue to grow.
1: That's great. What I just heard from both of you is, when you run training, you, you excite and expi- inspire your team to go out and to reach out yeah. because you know that you've done your work to prepare well. And so our, our team is a lot more confident that what they're going to bring their guests to is going to be something that's high quality. Yep. And I also hear that uh, training just keeps people sharp. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's unimaginable to think that a, a high-performing professional sports team after winning a championship would enter the next season without training. Yeah. Exactly. It's a great yeah. Yeah, the fundamentals, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Th- yeah, think of the think of the teams that win the Stanley Cup or the World Cup or the best sports teams, you know, they're constantly training and one of the things they say is yes, we were well trained. Yeah. You know, we played that game so great comment.
1: Yeah, right. yeah, I think Michael Jordan references this one of those old like um, you know, uh quotes that says, you know, you know, like uh People don't rise to the occasion. They fall to their level of training. Yeah. And, mm. and so he trained harder than he would play in an NBA final. And I think that's the same of Kobe Bryant and, yeah. and the same of any of the, the high-performing athletes. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's move on to the next practice. I'm, I'd love to kind of stay on this one for a while. And it's the practice of hospitality. Yeah. Hospitality. So where have you seen hospitality go well in an alpha
0: yeah Eric's po- Eric Myat's pointing at me so humble you go ahead <laughs> <laughs> so Take you know away. we we have we're representative here coast to coast and we are all, all Catholics by the way Did <laughs> you mention at that the beginning we, I That's think, right. like 50 times <laughs> at the beginning well hospitality I think I think isn't the root of hospitality love a stranger hmm. um, and from sort of an alpha practitioner perspective, I think you know, my, my parish is, so I have to props to Christ the Redeemer in West Vancouver, is um, hospitality is also one of those, you know, why is it one of the seven best practices? you want people to feel loved and I, and I and i guess i'll share a story and then i'll come back to the practice of it because you said let's unpack this this well so we had been running 20 or so alphas and i noticed within you know the neighborhood we reached out we did little mail drops in the neighborhood we had we had sort of a, a teen drop these little uh, invitations throughout the neighborhood close to christ the redeemer and we had this couple like i, I can picture her in the room but uh, they were Baptists. I, I, I came to find that they were Baptists and they came to two consecutive Alphas. Now, again, we love the Baptists, of course, you know, so this is, this is not a judgment on Baptists, but um, I asked them at the celebration night, why have you come back to Alpha? And she said, we just felt the love in the room. We just, we just felt loved and we had run Alphas before and there was something special about the Alphas that we're running here. So, uh, it's just when people feel the love within the team and to the guests, something fantastic happens. And I'll give you stories. I mean, St. Benedict, one of the stories I heard about St. Benedict is, you know, when they're running an alpha. And, of course, Halifax and Vancouver get a lot of rain. But on one of the first nights of an alpha, there was a downpour and guests came out with umbrellas to bring people in, into into the room. The other thing with our Alphas at Christ the Redeemer, we always focus on connecting guests to volunteers. Why do we do that? Well, we want people to feel welcome. How do you how do you make people feel welcome? You introduce them to people as if they're friends. So, you know, I'll regularly be one of the greeters and, and I'll bring somebody in and it might be Bob. Hi, Bob. Um, you know, welcome. Who invited you? And they'll tell me a story. Oh, great. Well, So-and-so is here. Let me bring you over to say hi to the person that invited you. Um, And let me introduce you to to another person that's working on Alpha, one of my friends. Hmm. And so I'm constantly introducing people to other people. So why do we do that? From the corporate world, we call that getting sticky, right? So people Hmm. start to build relationships. And then it sort of quickens a friendship and a potential relationship because they've got beyond who they are and who the name is and the awkwardness of trying to go up and say, hi, I'm so-and-so. So we facilitate that. So
2: hospitality is so important. Yeah, there's a great uh, story about this, this best practice of hospitality. Uh, when I was on the Alpha team at St. Benedict, this couple joined us sort of like a quarter of the way through the uh, first or second talk. And I was kind of like curious and, and they joined my table. And I found out later that they were new to the area. I think they were they were new to Canada, and they were just walking around the neighborhood with their their two kids, and they saw a bunch of cars at, at the church. And I think her grandmother, I think the 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 lady that came in was Catholic. So they said, I wonder what's going on in there. There must be an event. It's weird. It's a Wednesday night, and the parking lot's full. So they come in, and uh, somebody at the welcoming table just greets them and this is when I knew it was a cultural thing at St. At, uh, Benedict that it was in hospitality it was in the culture is that there was a, a 12 or 13 year old uh, girl that was there she was involved with the children's ministry and uh, she happened to be the first person that they bumped into when they came in the door and they said oh what's going on here after she had welcomed them she said hello how you doing um, what's going on here tonight and she goes oh we're having outfits where you can ask life's big questions and they said okay and then so they welcomed them in they got them registered they had kids ministry going on so and they were having a blast in a side room all the kids so the parents felt comfortable leaving their kids and they they started playing they came into the hall and the welcomers at the um, table registered them welcomed them they signaled to the Kitchen and they had put the food away because the talk had already started, but they, the kitchen went in back in, got them food. They sat down, they started eating. So all those kind of pieces had to fit together that culture of hospitality for this couple to make it through the door and make it to the table. They stayed for the whole Alpha. They stayed right through. I did a small group with the guy after Alpha was finished. So it, And it was all because this best practice of hospitality was active in the the alpha so it was a great fruit of that uh, that effort
1: that could have gone a completely different direction <laughs> if you hadn't taken the time to th- think through and, and help that culture of hospitality come forward. Oh yeah. You don't
2: have ki- like, You can't have the kids, you know, well we yeah. can't we don't have enough the food. kids. Oh, the yeah. kitchen's already way. You know, you have, yeah, you uh, didn't register. You didn't register. You can't yeah. come in. Oh, we can't fit them at the table the, or the the talks already started. They already started the, yeah. So come, every, come back next week. But everybody yeah. knew these two people are exactly who we're mm. running this alpha yeah. for. That's Somebody beautiful. can walk off the street and, and come in and this is who we, have in mind, actually, when we start this thing. Love of so, a stranger. Yeah, everybody knew that that, and, and yeah. it converged on on that to happen.
1: I heard this quick, um, and this might be just a little pro tip on, on how to help extend that type, like that hospitality beyond what you think could be good hospitality, and it's to find someone that you know that has no idea uh, where your parish is, and then invite them to come, and then hear about how that experience works was like could they find the parking lot was it hard to find parking did they know where to go to to the front door did they like what were they looking for Uh, and i think it gives you an insight into how a like someone who is not part of your church community Mm. would be received because it really starts with i mean like first their acceptance to coming but then they're gonna drive to that first alpha and wonder like what am I going to? Yeah. Like what yeah. parking lot am I going to find? And, and who? Like which? Like which door am I supposed to go through? And uh, am I going to be in the right place? The wrong place? Who's going to say hi? Who do I have to say hi to? Like there's so many questions that, that an, an, um, someone like a, a guest is going to have to like to that first experience and we want to make the very best first impression as possible.
2: That's as why it's so well. fun when alphas yeah. sometimes get run at different locations other than churches like mm. church halls and stuff like yeah. like people run them in pubs, um, St. Benedict used to have sushi alpha. We had that a few times at a local sushi shop, order a big boat of sushi and people would, would come because there's not that barrier. You know, I'm That's not right. going to a church. I'm going to a restaurant. I, well, I know where the restaurant is. You know, it's, it's a natural uh, place that maybe they've been to before even. Um, so it just takes that edge off even more
0: i I just want to jump onto what you said eric um we we want to make people feel noticed like people want to feel like they were seen and valued so i guess the rhetorical question is you think of your alphas and you were a guest at that alpha were you were you valued were you seen did somebody smile at you did somebody greet you did they thank you for something you did i mean You know in my travels i get to go and see some great alphas and i get to see other alphas that are still striving to become like the saint benedict or the saint patrick's in maple ridge um and um, i remember walking into one of the sessions and no one said hi to me so i i had to kind of my find my way around and there were about 80 or 90 people there were lots of volunteers but the volunteers were talking to each other and no one noticed me Mm -hmm. and um And then I've been to other places where I am noticed, where people really took the time to, to be appropriately addressing me, not being overly over the top, but sort of kind of like really making me feel welcome, noticing me. And I, I felt like I was seen. Hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Let's go to the next practice, which is the talks, the alpha talks. So what does this mean? And how do we, how do we practice this in the, in the best way?
0: Yeah. Eric, do you want to jump in, or do you want me to take that? No, lead? absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> we, the three of us know each other very well, so it, there's, it's, it's a fun Why don't you kick time. us off, Ed? Okay Okay, Eric, <laughs> my I will kick us off. So what we say is with the talks, why is it one of the seven best practices? Just keep the order. alpha works. So we say don't subtract, don't change the order radically. You can change the order a little bit. you know, You can flip a week or two, but don't subtract four weeks. Don't add, you know, different programs in to every second week of Alpha because then it's not really Alpha. Alpha works, you know, like Father James Mallon would say it works. You know, Father Matthew Toe would say it works. You know, we look around those 200 parishes that are running those six or 700 Alphas in Canada. It works. Just trust it. It's been running for 30 years. So when we say, what does it mean to, to focus or run in the talk, run the talks? Just run them in the order they are. Don't add and subtract them.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it's like a cake. You know, if you're going to make a cake, would you be like, um, maybe I'll go without the flour. Yeah. It's like, well, you can, but that's not a cake. You know, yeah. like, oh, I'll, maybe I'll drop one of these ingredients. So the talks, it's actually like these seven best practices. Like if you don't have all these in place, not that you have to get it perfect, not that it has to be like absolutely perfect and pristine how you run the alpha, but if you if you kind of, Drop one of the ingredients that helps make something work, and people have proven it works, and it has a long-standing um, track record of being yeah. effective. Then, um, if you drop an ingredient and expect it to do what you've seen other people say it does, then how can you expect that? You know, so it's the same thing with the talks. You, there's a progression. It's a systematic. Yeah. Um, you could even say it's a systematic catechesis, an evangelistic yeah. catechesis towards missionary discipleship so a build the talks build on each other yeah. just like the best practices like okay let's let's leave out prayer let's leave an invitation no yeah. um it's not alpha if you're leaving out these key important it, things
0: you're way smarter than me so i have to jump <laughs> on something you reminded me of is they build on each other so those 11 weeks build on each successive week so the first week is gentle it's is there more of life than this it's It it poses questions. It's a fun week. The questions are easy. It's about welcome. The second week is, who is Jesus? Gets a little bit deeper. Why did Jesus die? Prayer is introduced in week five strategically. There's a reason, because relations have built. Prayer is gently introduced, and then we can pray. We can start to pray a little bit more. Um, the Holy Spirit weekend, you know, that, that time away is all about sequential. You know, it builds. Every session builds on the previous. So that's why, you know, well said, you know, follow the formula, the recipe for success. Don't don't add too much flour. Don't take the flour out. Run mm. it the way it's supposed to run. You know, bake the beautiful cake the way it's supposed to be baked.
1: Mm. Sometimes the, the the impetus to want to change Alpha comes by way of our own personal experience of Alpha. And so as a Faithful Christian, someone who has been formed and has gone through numerous programs and and different ways of formation. When you come to Alpha and you see what it's what's presented, the tendency could be to say, "Oh, it's missing something," uh, without necessarily seeing that as a whole, it's offering your guest uh, a way to move towards faith, and so. I think part of what we'd also have to do is to think outwardly and to think how would our guests receive it, especially yes. if we're our evangeli- like we're we're positioning our alphas to be evangelistically minded. It means that we are going to have people that are non-Christian and who haven't had the pr- the the opportunity to learn about faith in a in an extended period of time. One of those videos could be so overwhelming to them. Uh, because of what, what's being presented at the, in the moment. And, and to sit in a room with, uh, with a bunch of other people that they've never met before with different viewpoints could be very over overwhelming in that moment. Yeah. But it may not be for us because of our, our experience. And so yeah. I'd say you know, following the formula yeah. helps us stay out of ourselves and to think of the other as well.
2: Exactly. And the temptation is, especially when you're just getting started with Alpha, is to look around the room see, oh, I have seen all these people at mass before so I'm going to make assumptions about who's in the room where their faith life is at and so you run alpha uh, and it's it's not explicit always but implicitly with the things you say or do you're running it for insiders but but the key is even when you're just getting started even when everybody in the room is catholic even when everybody is um maybe even from your parish or active the key is to do it with that intention in mind of Okay, this is the team. Exactly what you said. the The experience that these people are having is going to be the experience that they have of Alpha. So that's Alpha to them. Um, so we want to make them free to invite people who aren't church because we have a natural progression. Like like that's you said true. Ed, the talk, the talking on the fifth uh, session is about prayer. Yeah. So we're actually intentional that we don't pray during the session, and that's that can be kind of scandalous, like mm. for people. Oh, you don't pray as you start uh, uh, an event at the church hall or or even sometimes this is a little bit uh controversial maybe but sometimes we don't even say um grace as a large mm-hmm. group because there's people we want people there and sometimes there are people there who have never prayed grace yeah. in their life <laughs> and then you're going to pray yeah. grace and anyway that that's a point of um, yeah. maybe argument but at the same time there's people that have never prayed before so let's assume and actually make our language reflect that we want people who have never have any kind of church experience in their life before. Yeah. yeah. Well said.
1: Let's move to open discussion. What does open discussion look like? Yeah. Ed, why don't alpha. you start us yeah. off? Yeah. Thank, you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Just it you're, so, up. You're, you're so humble.
0: <laughs> um, well, open discussion. I mean, one of the great things that people talk about um, and what they also talk about when they leave alpha is what happened in the small table. So, one of the we talked about training we want to make sure that the small table discussion comes live you know we talk about the three pillars of alpha it's food that time to connect up front is kind of pillar one the content which is the film which is really really good and then the third pillar of alpha is what happens at the small table Mm. and we say make sure your small table hosts are well trained you know they alpha comes alive through what happens at the small table. Um, and you know, to unpack that a little bit, you know, you guys know me well, I, I I can talk too much. (laughs) I get passionate, but I can talk too much. But when I'm a small table host, I take the opposite posture. It's not about what I know. It's what about the guests know. It's about the questions they have that they want to talk about. And so my posture reverses itself. Um, We want to hear from the guests we want to hear their stories how the holy spirit is working you know in their life on them Um, and so the small table discussion and open discussion is the heart of alpha
2: yeah and this is where the the team training is so critical isn't it because the training includes how the team will interact with the small group and so the classic alpha training is if someone says something, anything, it's like, okay, that's interesting. What does everybody else think? Mm -hmm. You know, someone sends the most contentious um, heresy that you've ever heard uttered in your parish hall. The response that a good table host makes in this situation is, okay, that's very interesting. What does everybody else Mm -hmm. think? Um, And so there's a method to it, you know, to invite that open discussion. Because if you close it, if you close the discussion uh, and get into like, Correction in such an early stage for people who are very new to faith. I'm not saying that later vulnerable. on vulnerable. Yeah, I'm not saying that later on we don't uh, catechize well and correct when necessary and point out error in in church teaching and all those things We need to address those things eventually, but it all comes in succession And so these these people that are very new to faith conversations to even discussing some of these things They've never had this discussion in their whole life we can't um, kind of shut shut them down. We have to invite that open discussion the other The other thing I've seen um, and experienced myself in a closed discussion to do the opposite of the of the um, best practice is uh, somebody in uh, one of the guests at my small group said uh, during her um, reflection she said, "Oh well, you know we're all Catholic here about the whole group when in fact, there were people of different Christian backgrounds of no faith backgrounds. And so I had to kind of backpedal a little bit and say, well, you know, Alpha's for anybody with no faith background or any faith background. So everybody's welcome here not everybody here is of a particular faith. And so I had to kind of backpedal that to maintain the open discussion best practice. So you got to kind of fight for this one a, a, yeah. a little bit. It's probably a, a contentious the, the, one to lead.
0: We should unpack this a little bit more because this is so important because what people will say, You know, the people that stay in Love Alpha, something came alive for them at the table. They felt heard Hmm. and respected and loved. So that's a gifting that the the table host has to be trained in. And you touch on it, Eric, um, is a good alpha, like ones that I've seen that are great, uh, and ones where something went off the rails. Let me share a recent example. So Alpha number thirty-five, I think, was involved in in our parish. I think was one of the most fruitful. Why? We just leaned into prayer. We leaned into hospitality. We leaned into all those seven best practices. You know, the guests felt really loved. Like they felt hmm. like like they just loved it. So we would we would constantly hear stories of you know Murray. Just I just love being at that table and I love the conversation. I love how I felt. Um, so there's this. It's just this feeling of love at the table. And so best practice, and you'll see this in the training videos, there's an example where you can see a ball bouncing around from, from yes, sort of yeah. the small table host to a participant and back. But the ideal optimal state is when a question is posed by the small table host and the discussion comes alive between the guests and funny enough, after 35 alphas, it's just because I'm not that smart, it, it finally worked for me. And the, the conversation came alive. The guests were talking That's about cool. deep, li- hmm. deep life questions. In an alpha, probably 10 or 15 alphas ago, we had such a well-intentioned table host who was a passionate Catholic. And the three of us, we acknowledge we, we love the Catholic Church and we're growing in our love for, for the Catholic Church. Somebody was so well-intentioned, but they wanted to teach all they knew about our beautiful Catholic church. So, what happened is um, another guest came to me who was in a men's group with me and said, Can I give you a little bit of feedback? You know, those three people that didn't show up again. Well, you know, our table host started to talk about, you know, X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And we lost those people. And it's because we spoke to them in a language that they weren't ready to understand. Yeah. And again, as Catholics, we, we have this incredible faith. It's so deep and rich and ma- majestic and beautiful. But we're like we're like scholars. Like the theology in the Catholic Church is so deep and rich. And if we've got, and I use this example, and I love Starbucks, by the way, so I'll use this example I always use. The Starbucks barista, who's 30 years old, um, who's never been in a Christian church, let alone a Catholic church before, And we start to convert them to Catholicism in week two or three or four when they've never even been in a Christian church, let alone even know God or know Jesus Christ. It's just, it's not hospitable. Like the intent was good, but we just didn't care about the stranger. We didn't love well. We didn't. We weren't with them where they were, and, and I think CISO uses that language of intentional accompaniment. Like be with them where they are. Love them where they are. So small table hosts, open discussion is really,
1: really important. That's good. Last practice, the time away. So if you are familiar with, uh, with Alpha, you would know that every week you gather for a video, for a meal, for d- open discussion, but there's also the invitation to take time away. Uh, it's, it's called, sometimes it's called the alpha weekend. Sometimes it's, it's an overnight experience or just a full day, but it is a time away. So why is the time away a best practice? What makes the time away such an important part of the alpha experience? Ed, you want to start <laughs> I, I would say,
2: um, yeah, probably 80, 90% of the testimonies of people Coming to know Jesus uh, on Alpha would come at the day away. Hey, like it, it's it would be where life transformation happens because there's an invitation to respond. There's an invitation to welcome the Holy Spirit. There's an invitation to pray with each other. Something we've been emphasizing even more so recently is um, during the time for for prayer. And for people who haven't tried Alpha yet, uh, this may may sound you know more more intense than it is, but it's quite. Um, a natural progression in the Alpha day away to have a time of prayer of silent reflection and then of welcoming the Holy Spirit and as people want they can be prayed with and so something that we've honed in on with our team when people come they say what would you like us to pray for and often people bring up bring up different things and uh, we've been training and, and what I've experienced on, on Alpha as well is that is a perfect invitation to say to someone you know um, we're gonna pray for those things that you just mentioned and we find a lot of things like those things you just mentioned, begin to be resolved and begin to be healed when we invite Jesus to be at the center of our life. Have you ever had a chance to invite Jesus to be at the center of your life? And uh, I did that once and, and the guy said, no, I, I've never had a chance to do that. And so we did it right there. And so th- that's why the day away is so key, because it's the culmination of the whole Alpha. If you're not going to do your day away, don't run Alpha. D- like, don't waste your time and energy and other people's time, because um, it, it's a great um, program. It's it's a nice videos and stuff. But the intent of it is conversion for people to come to know Jesus, and the day away is a lot of times where that happens.
0: Um, we just uh, just experienced Bishop Scott McKegg. He was leading a mission on the Holy Spirit as we enter life in the Spirit, and he talked about the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus Christ, mm. and. Boy, we we love the Trinity, we love the Holy Spirit, we love Jesus Christ, we love God the Father. And so, you know, to your point about missing one of the key ingredients of a recipe, the Holy Spirit is, is foundational, just like it is with Divine Renovation. One of the three keys of DR is, you know, rooted in the power of the Holy Spirit. So the time away for the Holy Spirit and prayer is really an anchor. In fact, I think Nicky Gumbel uses this thing. He said, you know, alphas is 10 or 11 weeks built around the time away with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I will tell you after running a whole bunch of alphas, I just see now the power of it. So what I've done a better job of now as, a, as an alpha practitioner within our parishes is make the announcement to make sure people come to the weekend because it is transformative. Yep. And so I already at week two or three have start to announce without detail by the way, um, alpha the alpha weekend or the Save time the away will be this day. Save yeah. the date if yeah, you've yeah. got something penciled in, erase it and plug in this because it will be a highlight. And the truth is, it is a highlight.
2: Oh, big time! It's, it's powerful. I've done that too in the past, like week two. I just handed a little, a little, uh, you know, half page schedule that just one word to describe each of the nights because people had a taste of it. Now they're coming back, and so you can say, okay, night five, prayer, and then. Uh, How and why should I read the Bible and and then that's where I insert yeah the day away in uh, In the date I've done that in in the past just to tee it up have it on people's radar so they start to um, Because you don't want to kind of lead with that right at the gates You have invited people just to one thing So you don't want to kind of overwhelm them with the whole Gambit of dates and day away and what does this mean right away? But slowly slowly inviting them and uh, introducing more as it progresses, but doing it early so that they to lock it in. Yeah,
0: because you're asking people to spend, you know, potentially nine to five or a Friday night and a Saturday or potentially yeah. a, a weekend. And, you know, not only do they get the Holy Spirit, which is amazing, there's time for friendship. And so that time away really solidifies, you know, the friendships and relationships yeah. that form an alpha. And, and, you know, it's funny, you know, as I sort of, as I get older and, and run more alphas, but see miracles in our beautiful Catholic church, I say alpha teaches us to be friendly and builds friendship. It's a program of, of love and friendship. And so time away builds friendships. hmm
1: Well, there you have it we've gone through the seven best practices of alpha uh this has been a little bit of a longer podcast but i I think it's a it's a fruitful one because we got to share a little bit of uh some of our examples and experiences with these seven best practices now the question i think that i'd like to ask next is well why would we want to practice the best or i guess extend the seven best practices in alpha what what is Alpha aiming to accomplish, and why would we want to do it well? Ed, why don't you say that?
2: <laughs>
1: okay, well, I think I've said that every single time. Yeah, okay. Well, you know what? I,
0: I've seen miracles in the Catholic Church. Honestly, I really have. And I, I, it's so great that we get to work together because we get to share these stories and see these stories. But I've seen our parish change. I've seen people far from the church attend Mass Weekly, I've invited them to our Friday morning men's group. These were people that were maybe, you know, you'd see them at Christmas and Easter, two or three other times. They're now in our church. They're in our parish. They're maybe in a volunteer position now. They come to a regular Friday morning men's group. And I, I just want to see more people in our beautiful mm-hmm. church. And Alpha actually does that. Um, I was mm-hmm. at a function, Eric, last night with well, actually with both of you and Catherine was sharing a story. Our recent Easter vigil, we baptized. Five people and four of them came from Alpha. Um, Alpha done well with the seven best practices. great for the team. The team will love it. They will grow in faith. And we will actually raise up more Christians and more Catholics. Yeah, yeah. I think
1: you, you pulled it out there where you said like one of the fruits of Alpha is baptism yeah. or conversion is another way to put it. And I think John, St. John Paul II has one of the very best succinct definitions of conversion, which I think is is really one of the aims or the, the primary aims of Alpha. And he says that conversion is accepting by personal decision the saving sovereignty of Jesus Christ and becoming his disciple.
2: Well, you really are Catholic, just yeah. quoting <laughs> Popes, uh, popes <laughs> off the top, man.
1: Well, oh, it's better to quote p- p- them than <laughs> for me to try to come up with something so eloquent. <laughs>
2: yeah, it, that's yeah. exactly, that. that's the aim of Alpha. We want people to have, as John Paul II said, conversion to have a chance to Place Jesus at the center of their life, and and uh, I mean I've talked about St. Benedict because it's my parish, but in Divine Renovation we've seen so many parishes come alive, and uh, you know a lot of times people say, oh well Alpha, um, you know it's not Catholic enough, but there's nothing not Catholic about Alpha. It's a, it's a initial proclamation, the the kerygma, the basic gospel message, and then just look at the fruit, like like you said, Ed, uh, someone who's baptized, three people baptized, mm-hmm. and that happens. All the time at parishes that do alpha well that follow these seven best practices we see confirmation we see um, uh, baptisms we see people coming back to church who have been away there's a parish in uh, in montreal who who uh, last summer they had um, 25 30 people maybe coming to mass and they began to implement some of these seven best practices and and these principles of parish renewal they ran two alphas they baptized four people uh, at the Easter vigil Um, after last summer, having 25, 30 people come to mass. Now they're baptizing four people at Easter. So an amazing fruitfulness can happen of people coming to know Jesus, enter more fully into the sacramental life of the church. It's because of this initial proclamation that Alpha provides. Eric, you know,
0: um, I mentioned Alpha Canada Catholic, go to the website and watch the testimony from St. Ignatius of Loyola. Just watch the story. Of Father Michael Eclare and how Alpha and Divine Renovation has renewed the parish. I mean, it's it's so fun to work with Proclaim and the Archdiocese of Vancouver. I mean, what beautiful things are happening! How we're trying to you know make and send out missionary disciples. But D.R. the same thing. You know, Alpha helps renew parishes. It raises up leaders. It brings people to know Christ, the greatest gift we've got, and it makes more Catholics.
1: I would love to just spend hours talking about all of this with with both of you, Uh, but I have to land the plane on this episode. So uh, if you've been blessed by this conversation and would love to receive some assistance and help, in running your Alpha or in improving your Alpha so that Jesus could be proclaimed and and that people would come to know the saving love of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're here to help. In fact, Proclaim is here to help. Divine Renovation is here to help. Alpha is here to help. There is countless number of resources that are available to you. Um, if you've also loved this episode, like this episode, and, and would love to, um, you know, share it with others please consider sharing it um, sharing it with your pastor a friend or someone else in ministry we're going to wrap it up there ed thank you eric thank you so much for taking the time to be with our proclaim group our proclaim movement here in the archdiocese and to all of you god bless you